This is your boy, Dr. Darius Williams. I'm excited that you stopped by to feed your spirits, to refresh your mind. Today, I'm excited that we're going to present a word to you. All you have to do is sit back, relax. If you're on the road, enjoy the ride. If you're at work, keep working. If you are tending to the children, let them play. Put your ear pods in and listen to what God is saying. Enjoy. We're going to start off in, let's start off in 1 Corinthians 4 and 14 and 2. I will need a reader, somebody. They were my cousin. Come on, cousin, so you can read. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. I'll read that one. So we, we've been talking about the rules of engagement, talking about spiritual warfare, and most folk fight spiritual warfare just with prayer, right? We, we, we go at spiritual warfare and we just think that that's praying. So I'm going I'm to fight in this warfare, so I'm going to pray. So I, that's all I, you know, that's all I know. That's all I've been taught is prayer, and prayer is a great thing. But one thing that prayer is not, prayer is not a posture. Prayer is not a posture. So for an example, let's do this. Let's pray. All right? Y'all ready to pray? Let's pray. Now, most people, when somebody says, let's pray, they do what? They close their eyes and bow their heads. That's posture. That's posture, right? So what we have done is we've gotten so used to what we think the posture of prayer is that we don't understand the technique of prayer and what prayer actually looks like, that when we get done talking to God, we hadn't prayed. Because we think when we get on our knees or when we bow our head and close our eyes, that indicates that we've prayed. Prayer is not posture, okay? What is prayer? Prayer is, we can call it three things, that's synonyms. Prayer is a, a portal, slash channel, slash wavelength that gives you access to God without interference. It is a street, call it path, or whatever you want to call it, channel, wavelength. I say wavelength because most folk know on the old school radios, you had to keep turning that old school radio until you got to the right place. And it's like, stop, 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 right there, right there, right there, right there. You got it, don't move. Because if you move a little bit too much to the right or to the left, you got static or you were on a different station. But to land it on the right station, it took some patience. You move it slowly until you hit the right channel, the right wavelength. Are y'all with me? That's what prayer is. So a lot of times we start off in communication with the spirit, but we never make it to the right channel, the, the, the right wavelength. Does that make sense? So, yeah, I started off praying, but you could have been on 95 cell. 93.3, The old school, when it was church gospel on your radio, you normally had to go over to like the 1200s. 1206 on your radio, you know, 1600, then you'll get some gospel or you'll get some church type stuff. Everything else, 88 and above, was normally hip hop or country or something like that. So you had to even switch over to what they call AM if you wanted to get away from the secular side. 
So I had to totally switch, right? Uh oh, I'm about to go somewhere with it. So if I had to switch in order to tap into the godly side, then to tap into the right wavelength or the right channel, then I must switch from the natural into the spirit. So that means I must go from praying naturally to praying in the spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so prayer is not a posture. It is not bowed heads. Though you can bow your head, the, your bowing of your head does not indicate that you pray. There are a lot of people when I say, okay, let's pray. You bow your head, but you ain't never prayed. You ain't prayed the whole time I prayed. You just did what? Kept your eyes closed, head down. Then when I got done praying, you said what? Amen. But you didn't pray. I said, most people say, let us pray, right? But no, normally, none of y'all pray. Most of the time, it was the person that was standing that prayed, and you listened in agreement. So prayer is not a posture. As soon as many of us understand that we have to log into the right wavelength, we will see more manifestations. Okay? So 1 Corinthians 14 and 14 and 2. Prayer has a language. Okay, let's talk about it. Go. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God. Read again. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God. Read it one more time. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God. Look at somebody say, I'm, I'm not talking to you. Read it again. <laughs> For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God. One who speaks in an unknown tongue is not talking to people. They talking to God. Look at your name again and say, I'm not talking to you. For no one understands him or catches his meaning, right? But by the what? Read it, read it, Christian. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God. For no one understands him or catches his meaning. But by the Spirit he speaks mysteries, secret truths, and hidden things. So it said, when you're talking and you want to talk to God, realistically, the language for that sounds like it is tongues. The language of God is not tongues. The language of God is spirit. <laughs> right? The language of God is Holy Spirit. Tongues is just what sends the message. So it's the carrier of the message, so your message can't be intercepted by anything or nobody or no spirit that don't need to intercept it. Does that make sense? So when I get ready to talk to God and I go in tongues, tongues is my carrier, so it holds that prayer, wraps it up, and it goes to God. Nobody knows what I'm saying. Only person that knows what I'm saying is who? God, it's, that's who it's intended for, right? God gets that and he downloads back into me. The answer, his response, or whatever, he makes a download back to me via the spirit. Okay? Read it one more time. Watch this. Two, yes. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue 
does not speak to people, but to God. For no one understands him or catches his meaning, but by the Spirit he speaks mysteries, secret truths, and hidden things. He talking mysteries, secret things, hidden things. You don't even know what you're talking about. But the Bible says, pray the will of God. The Spirit knows the will of God. So when I pray in the Spirit, I pray the will of God. When you pray in the natural, a lot of times, you don't know the will of God. So your words may not be in alignment with the will. Let's go over to Romans chapter 8. Let's talk about it. No, let's go to Jude 20. Let's go to Jude 20. Let's go there. Jude 20. I don't think Jude has a chapter. I mean, no chapters, right? This is like Jude 20. Jude 19. <laughs> no, they, they don't read Jude. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the book of old revelation. Jude. <laughs> Jude. You found it. Read it. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh oh. To eternal life. He said, But beloved, build yourself up in the most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Most folk come to the altar to be built up, encouraged, you know, lifted up. But if you pray in tongues, you will build your faith up. Huh? What does faith do? Faith gives you hope and expectation so that you can activate the word of God to cause manifestation. So without the word, you may not see manifestation. But if you pray in the spirit, it builds your faith up because you don't know what you're saying, but God is making a download as you're talking to God. And then from somewhere you get some strength, you get some peace, you get some joy, you feel a little bit better, you get a little bit more energy. God has made his download, it builds your faith up, and now you can come out of speaking in tongues and now you got a declaration. I can decree, I can declare. Why? Because I built myself up. In tongues. Y'all got it? You got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So in order to build my faith, I have to get a word from God. Right? Does that mean you have to hear God talk himself to get a word? That's the question. What y'all think? I mean, do I have to be in my house and the Lord said, Darius, don't worry. Do I have to hear a word to have gotten a word? No, 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 no. no. You don't have to hear a word to, to have received one, right? Sometimes God does something eternally in you. It's like a knowing. It's like, it's like this thing that says everything's going to be all right. Mama ain't got to say it. Nobody got to say it. But God, it's just like his spirit downloads that. And I come out of prayer Believing and knowing that God has said something to me or he's done something. Romans 8, 26. This is really where I want to be. You said 
Actually, I want you to go up to, because I found something interesting. It ain't got nothing to do with my teaching, but I found something interesting. And I do want to, I, I do want to talk about it. Go, go to 18. Start at 18 and read. Romans 8, 18. I'm going to let you prophesy to him. Read it. For I consider that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to, to us and in us. Read again. That's a prophecy. For I consider that the sufferings of the present life. He said, I consider that what I'm going through right now. Are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed. No comparison to what God is about to do. To us and in us. To us. And in us. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Suffering activates manifestation of the glory of God. If you handle suffering like James says, my brother encountered all joy when you suffer, right? So suffering then activates what God is doing in us and to us and for us. Read the next verse. For even the whole creation, all nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. Y'all can shout. I'm telling you, I'm getting some. Hey, y'all. I can shout. Listen, it's a the whole creation, all of earth is doing what, Christian? Waiting eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. It's waiting on you. It's what the whole earth is waiting on you to be revealed in what God called you to do. They ain't waiting on to preach on Sunday morning. The whole earth is missing what you're supposed to be doing. Say the whole creation. God, through your suffering, did something in you that creation has not experienced yet. And you don't even know the depth of what he did because you haven't opened up as a vessel of God to be used by God. But the world waiting on you. The world. He said, the whole creation are waiting eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. What does that mean? You ain't even been revealed yet. Yeah, we having baby reveals. Pumpkin reveals. All kind of reveals. We revealing everything except for who we are in God. The whole earth waiting on you to be revealed. When you gonna come out? Look at your lady and say, when you coming out? I need to know when you coming out. When is your reveal? Huh? Because if I'm going to spend $9,000 on a reveal, I'd be feeling a little bit better if I'm revealing who you are in God. Because that's what's going to change the earth. Because the whole creation is groaning, waiting on you to be revealed. You somebody and don't even know it. My God from Zion. You got power and don't even know it. It's something in you that somebody else needs and you don't even know. You don't even know that it's there. But God waiting on you to open your mouth and start having a conversation with a random person. And then, boop, it comes out. And then you're revealed. <laughs> God needs to even not just reveal you to creation. He waiting to reveal you to you. Yeah. You don't even know yet <laughs> who God is really intended for you to be. Read the next verse. I love this, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm about to go. I'm about to switch out. Go, go. Read for the what? For the creation was subjected to frustration and futility, hmm. not willingly, 
because of some intentional fault on its part. Y'all ought to shout. Y'all, y'all read y'all Bible. Y'all, y'all read, for real. We're gonna find y'all some better verses because y'all smile a little bit better. <laughs> read, read that again. For the creation was subjected to frustration and futility. The, the creation was subjected to frustration, meaning God allowed frustration to come upon us. Not just that, but futility, meaning childbirth pains, that we experience the pain of giving birth to a thing we don't even know we're pregnant. He said, not willingly, which means that you didn't even agree to it. You, you didn't accept this. It wasn't, even, it's a, it wasn't even something that you did wrong, the reason why you're going through what you're going through. That's a shock. Because most times I think I'm reaping what I didn't sold or I didn't did something or somebody didn't did something. But some stuff that you're going through is not even because of you that's done anything. You were subjected to it. But here's the good news. Read the next part, Christian. But by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be freed from its bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of the children of God. He says, I allowed you to be subjected to free the whole earth from slavery. The earth is enslaved to Satan himself. And the only way they're going to get free, God had to subject you to some stuff that they were going to go through. Because he knew that they weren't going to get out by themselves. So he allowed some chosen people to go through some of the same stuff. To take you through it, to bring you out of it so you can free a whole nation. That's good. My God from Zion. So that thing that I went through in my life, those things that I went through, they were for the glory of God to be revealed. What does it do? Now that God has freed me from my past experience, I'm now supposed to go and free a community, free a nation, free a state, free a city, free a family line. Yeah, that's good. The purpose in it is for me to take back what the enemy captured when he didn't have the right. He stole Uncle Book and them. I'm serious. He robbed them of something they didn't even ask for. Just like you and I, when we were younger, the enemy stepped in at a young time in your life and did whatever he did, and then what happened? He tried to discourage you out of everything that God wanted you to do. So he attacked you from your youth. Did he not? Most of us, he bothered us from our youth, did he? Tell the truth, Shane Dell. Were you attacked from your youth? I was, as early as I can remember, about five years old. Stuff was going on. Huh? And my entire life, he'd been working to keep me out of the thing that God wanted me to do. Because he knew that if I didn't answer the call, where would some of y'all be? That don't make me that important, but now think about it in reference to yourself. Everything that I've done that has affected your life is the same thing you should be doing in somebody else's life. Then a whole nation gets free, and they walk in their purpose. Keep reading. For we know that the whole creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only this, but we too, who have the first fruits 
of the spirit, a joyful indication of the blessings to come. Even we groan inwardly as we eagerly await for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and transformation of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved by faith. But hope, the object of, of which is seen, is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. We'll keep going. In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself knows our needs and at the right time. For we know, this is the scripture we use, here we go. For we know not what we should do what? Y'all know y'all quote this saying. We know not what we what? Pray for. Most folk use this scripture to say, oh, I have to pray. Because the Spirit going to pray for me. Oh, oh I'm going to get in trouble. Y'all know. Because I don't even know. I didn't say it. I don't even know what to pray for anyway. So, I don't know what to pray. Spirit, pray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Y'all see y'all make me feel like I'm the only one. I'm the fool, right? Huh? Huh? You get in that moment, you don't got no words to say. You be like, oh, the spirit, I don't know what to pray for. So, spirit knows. He gonna pray. Where's the spirit? In us. In us. If the spirit is in you, and you not praying, how he gonna pray? <laughs> don't worry, I'm awake. <laughs> so if you don't do it, is he making intercession? No. Better oh, go back over there. Ain't talking now. Ain't talking. Ain't being quiet. If I don't pray, can the spirit pray? No. No. Where's the spirit? In us. In us. So if I don't pray in the spirit. Then prayer never happens. My God from Zion. And if I never pray, then what I need can never come to pass because I never caused the Spirit to pray. My God from Zion. So most of us think we ain't got no, oh, okay, when you get done, oh, I know. <laughs> oh, Lord. When you get done, oh, Lord. Now what? What's next? What's the prayer to follow that? Because the Bible says the spirit makes groanings and utters mysteries, secrets, and the will of God as you pray in the spirit. Where am I going with this? Most folk don't see the importance of being filled with the Holy Ghost and don't realize that if you don't have the fullness of the Holy Ghost, my question to you then becomes, when you need God to manifest an answer to a prayer, but you can't get in the spirit, if I can't get in the spirit, how the spirit make an intercession? Now the spirit is in me, doesn't mean that I have to speak in tongues, but if you're going to pray the will of God, you have to pray in the spirit. Read it again, Christian, 26 and 27. In the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. 
but the Spirit himself knows our needs and at the right time, intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groaning too deep for words. Too, says too deep for words. So what that means is, let me, let me have this. So what that means is, okay, I'm in a situation so bad, I don't have no words to say to God in English. Right? I'm, I'm just tired. I don't want to deal with it. I don't have nothing to say about it. I done said all I can say. Right? I get to the place that I don't have nothing to say. What do you say then? I, I must shift into my handling language because if I don't, then you ain't said nothing else. But if I then pray in the Holy Ghost, then what needs to be said, then is said to God. Does that make sense? So a lot of us stop at salvation and never get the fullness of the spirit. And we get caught in moments where we need to talk to God, get a response from God, and get a manifestation in God. But we never, watch this, we never reach the place to where we break through the carnal mind. Because, see, I ain't got to know what to pray. Christian, they can be getting on my nerves. I can be wanting to cuss. But if I can rub on my mind, I ain't got to know what it's saying. Because God know. Because what my tongues do, my tongue is a traveling case. It takes what needs to be taken to the Father and lets him know, watch this. Not that I just need him, but that I found the right channel. The right wavelength. Watch this. Because now, Miss Teresa, if I pray in English and somebody around, they know what I'm talking about. The devil can then intercept that. He gone. He's like, oh, they, they pray. They saying they will, they 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 need somebody uh to, to fix their co-worker. So I'm gonna go and make their co-worker even more mad. I know what the problem is. You done prayed in, so the devil said, I know what the problem is, it's the co-worker. So they're going to get to work tomorrow, and that co-worker showed up, going to show out tomorrow. <laughs> then you get to work, like, dang, I prayed, and the co-worker acted worse they did the second day than they did the first day. And you wonder how, because you released your request in a language that the enemy understands. I'm on, Pastor. So when I don't want him to know what me and God talking about, I've got to have the right channel, right wavelength, and that's called praying in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? Keep reading it right there. Intercedes on our behalf and sides of Now, okay, let's kill this. Well, I'm just afraid I don't sound like a fool because all I got is ba 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 I'd be worried if it did, because it means you stole mine, and you might be speaking in the devil tongue. Right. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yours shouldn't sound like mine, because I shouldn't even know what you're saying anyway. Right. You shouldn't even know what you're saying, because if you know what you're saying, you might say it and let the devil know what you didn't say. Yeah. So sometimes it's even good for God to keep the secret from you. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, because we are calling everybody. Got everybody praying. Uh-oh. We'll call everybody, have everybody praying. Now they just told the devil what you got a problem with. And we wonder why the fire got turned up greater. Because now we got so many devils that know about what you're praying about mm. that they coming at you from all angles. Read, read it, Christian, right there. Grown is too deep. They don't want to talk in tongues because it sounds funny and it sounds weird. But they don't say that when they need help. 
For real. He who searches the heart, what does it say? And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is, because the spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. The spirit intercedes on the behalf of you, but he puts it in alignment with the will of God, which means that I can have the tendency to pray, but I can pray out the will. But because the spirit knows God's mind and how he thinks, then what he does is take what I can't say right and he translates it so that when God hears it, it's the right stuff. This is the example he gave. I hear people talking all the time when they try to talk in the wrong language. You know, in a different language, I mean, not wrong. So like, if I attempted to talk in Spanish, and don't know all the words, but I think that I know, and I say a line in Spanish, which I can't say one. But I might be trying to say, you look good today, and I slip up and call you an ugly pig. Are y'all y'all following? Because I tried to use a language that I really don't understand. Okay. And so when I tap into that language that I don't understand, I could offend. Because I don't understand the culture, because sometimes cultures have certain dialects. Example of that, Ebonics. Broken, <laughs> broken English. Slang. Uh, uh, there's a lot of talk in cultures that we can say that people, our people understand, or your people understand, that some other folks may not understand. So when you talk like that, only the ones that know that mindset, that perspective, they'll get you, understand you, and not be offended. But let a person, let a student come to the school and call me bro. You can't call me bro. Because the way I perceive bro is not how your homeboys perceive bro. So now you have offended me because you talk outside of the language that my mindset perceives. So when you talk to God, it is important that you talk with the language and the mindset of God so it's not A, offensive to God and B, God clearly understands what you're saying because it's in alignment with the will. So what do I have to do? I have to talk in his language sometimes because my English can be too broken. It's jacked up. It's full of emotion. Uh, it's full of tears. Because he said, when you get done crying, now say something to me. You the wallet in the flow, falling out, snotting, messed up the carpet, and you got up and you still ain't said that. And then my, my, I say stuff like this, God knows my heart. He knew, but he ain't heard, he heard from you yet. He has to hear from you. Read the uh, verse uh, 27, 28, and we're almost done. Y'all ready? Right? Y'all ready? Go ahead, read it. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is, because the spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. And we know that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together for good for, good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Read verse 28 again. We know what? 
And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan. You don't if you don't pray. That's, okay, when he wrote this particular text, he was explaining to you the result of praying in the spirit. He's showing you the result, meaning I went to talk to God. I didn't know what to say. So I prayed in the spirit in tongues. And when I got done with praying in tongues, the result was I came out with this understanding. And we know all things work together for the good. In prayer, if you never make it to praying in the spirit, you don't come out knowing nothing. When you leave out, if you stay talking to him long enough in the spirit, you are going to come out with an assurance. You should come out with an assurance that all things are going to work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Then the last question is, do you love him? Because the qualification that is going to work for you is for the ones that love the Lord. <laughs> Now the question is, do you love him? How does one know that you love him? Y'all tell me. Say, if you love me, you what? You obey me. He told Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. What else? Keep his commandments. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What else? Love my people. He keeps saying, y'all keep saying obey Commands, love, all of this are things God told us to do. So the sign of love is obedience. So one sign that you may not love him for real is disobedience. So if you're in disobedience, do you get the manifestation that is going to work for your good? Do that apply to you? Can I quote that? Yeah. Can, can you use it? It don't apply. Because if you don't meet that standard, then you're now null and void in a principle working for you. Go over to Philippians 4 and 8 and I'm closing. Philippians 4 8. Next verse. <laughs> the things which you have learned and received and have heard and seen in me, practice these things in your life. Uh oh, life. wait. He said, the things that you learned and heard, mm -hmm. huh, and received, you do what with them? Right. Apply. Believe, obey, and apply. Don't do you no good to believe it. Even obey if you don't practice it. 
He said, these things that you've heard and learned, you must apply. Keep reading. Watch this. Watch where it goes. This is a principle. Practice it. Keep going. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that now at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned about me before, but you had no opportunity to show it. Not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy. Regardless of my circumstances, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. Stop. He says, because I've developed such a routine of meditation and prayer, my contentment ain't in being okay with the way things is. My contentment is in the fact that I know that God is with me, God is working for me, and God is going to do what I expect him to do. Why? Because I have a consistency in what I do with God. Does that make sense? So my consistency then gives me an assurance that makes me content. Then Paul says, he says, I, even if you don't love me, or even if you don't do for me, or even if you don't pick up the phone when I call, or even if you don't pray for me, guess what? I'm content with that. Because I'm good with the notion that I know that God is all I need. Keep reading that last verse right there. And I also know how to enjoy abundance uh -oh. and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need, I can do all things which he has called me to do. See how we be quoting scriptures, y'all ain't, ain't read the other scriptures. Go, okay, go back. He said, I've learned how to handle. Read it, read that part. Go back up just a little bit. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Stop. There is a secret to facing life. Now watch this. You don't get secrets until you pray in the spirit. Lord, teach me how to handle this. I want to know how to handle this situation. I want to do it right. But you don't even know the secret to handling life because we don't pray in the spirit. He said, I've learned the secret to handle. He said, on good days, I know how to handle the blessings, the favor, God pouring out his spirit. I know how to handle that. I know how to handle, watch this, encounters and angels and all. I know how to handle that. But I also know how to handle the bad. I know how to handle people offending me, people treat me wrong. I know how to handle bad moments, people losing stuff. I know how to handle the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why? Because in prayer, I got the secret. The secret. There is a secret. Look at your neighbor and say, I got a secret. <laughs> There's a secret to handling anything in your life. We'll quote it. God will never put me on, more on me than I can bear. No, he won't if you got the secret. It's going to be too much for you if you don't know the secret. <laughs> I ain't lying, y'all. Okay. You know, we... We have been teaching scripture in part. You can't do that. Huh? Because
Because you'll tell a person, I can say, God give you peace, and think that's all you need. No, because when you walk away and you got peace, you're like, why that word didn't work? Because you don't understand the process to peace is Philippians 4 and 8. You got to meditate on the right stuff. If you fill your mind with the wrong stuff, you won't have peace. So the only way to stay in peace is to keep all the bad stuff out. So Paul says, meditate on the good stuff. Those things that are true, praiseworthy, of a good report. Those things that are not negative. Those people, you know, so I have to keep good stuff around me to stay in peace. When your peace has been tampered with, it's because you are meditating on the wrong stuff. What happened to you? Who did you wrong? What they didn't do? What they should have did? Why they didn't do it? All of those things that don't even mean nothing to God because you don't have a secret. Paul said, that's why I can walk around and y'all look like I ain't got a worry in the world. Because I got a secret. That, that's what made me shout. I got, listen, I understand today what I didn't understand 10 years ago. I'm like, why I didn't break under all that pressure? Why I didn't die? Upon all that stuff the enemy took me through. Why I didn't lose my mind? People are losing their mind without going through half the stuff I went through. What's the difference between them and me? I didn't even understand that because I kept myself in a positive frame of mind, because I didn't let negative energy around, because people said, you acting funny. He don't like him. He no people person. No, I can't do that because if I let you in my spirit, you will steal my peace, then I might lose my mind. And a lost mind ain't always schizophrenia. Sometimes it's me beating the hell out of it. Come on. <laughs> you do know somebody lost their mind when they did that. Yeah. <laughs> then they might come back to their mind. Right. But for a moment, they lost it. That's the truth. So I'll lose it if I don't meditate on the right stuff. So I have to keep, he said, those that keep their minds stay. On who? Got to speak. You got to keep your mind stayed on God. He will keep you in what? Perfect peace. My God from Zion. Shh. That to that and being so excited. Like, like, hey, man, you ain't. You think I'm worried about you? You ain't bothering me. I'm in perfect peace. Huh? I mean, this peace is unbothered. You can't shake that. You think I'm going to get up tomorrow worried about you and what you got going on? I ain't worried about you. Baby, you ain't big enough. You don't got enough power. Huh? You can't pay my bills. You can't take my car. You can't do none of that. Huh? I'm going to stay in perfect peace. Stuff come up. Sickness. Children acting food. All kind of stuff. The enemy try to steal something from you. He want to steal your peace. Because if he can steal your peace, he can get you to act up. You got to keep your mind right. You got to keep your mind right. You got to keep your mind right. Because T.D. Jake said like this, if you can get your head out, you will come out. You can get your head out. Most of us, our struggle is in our head. We talked about the last time I was here for Bible study. The mind is the most valuable commodity in the earth. 